KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Along the side of a street in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, Titiana talks about her all white 2013 Nissan Altima with a lot of pride. So, um, this is my car all up to date. Everything's on there. I have uh, 2022 tires on there. If you, you can tell the 23-year-old double major at LaSalle feels a certain way about the car. And also I have, you know, my pictures of my families, um, everything like that to just like have motivation to like wake up. And yeah, that's, that's about it. I have my graduation time. I have my makeup and my armrest. There's a deep connection there, and for good reason. I was probably living out the car from, I would think I was like probably two weeks max. Two weeks, three weeks, one of the two. I was just happy to be in here. So it didn't really phase me that I was living outside my car. I mean, it was kind of a disappointment that I would ever be in that situation. But when it came down to me actually having a home, living out my, outside my car kind of went out the window. Like, I didn't look back at that, because I'm not going back to that. (laughs) Titiana enrolled at LaSalle in 2018. She left school and went back home in 2019 because she wasn't in the right headspace. Then, in 2020, the pandemic hit. Around the same time, her aunt died. A few months later, Titiana got shot. That was followed by more loss. A cousin died. Than her sister. Still, after all that, Titiana wanted to go back to school. She still had her scholarship to LaSalle, but didn't have anywhere to live, except her all-white 2013 Nissan Altima. So, this is the trunk. I still have a lot of clothes in here, hair. I have a big jug of water bottle right here. I have a pillow, my purse, I have my jacket. I have a big fuzzy coat my sister gave me uh, for when it get cold out because in Philadelphia it gets like really, really cold out. So I would wear this. The crazy thing is, there are a lot of college students that can relate to Titiana's experience. About 68,000 of them here in the United States are either housing insecure or homeless. Who are these students? How have they fallen through the cracks? Where do they go for help? And what can be done to get a handle on this problem moving forward? This is The John Cast, a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Brian Seltzer, and today we look at how housing insecurity and homelessness affect local college students. Just a few steps away from Titiana's car is the entrance to the Sisters of St. Joseph Convent. Back in the day, nuns used to live there. Now, Titiana does, along with other college students in the area who are either housing insecure or homeless. These days, St. Joseph's House, which has no affiliation with St. Joseph's University, is run by an organization called DePaul USA. Nikia Glover is the lead counselor at the St. Joseph's House. 
Um, this is where our population board is. So that is our entire population. We have 21 residents right now. Uh, we have capacity for 24. Um, and they are all single occupancy rooms. Um, though they have like community living, so they share bathroom, shower stalls, uh, dining room, kitchen. So yeah, this, we try to make it, it, we wanted it to feel like a dorm because there's so much stigma around homelessness. And so, especially for these kids and you know, their peers, you know, we really just wanted them to feel as at home as, as possible. Um, and so uh, I like to, to think that we did a really great job at, at, at doing that. It does feel like home. <laughs> yeah, give them what any ordinary college student would experience, exactly. right? Exactly, it's like a dorm. It's, that's Literally, that's it, it's like a dorm. <laughs> But unlike a traditional college dorm setting, the students living at the Sisters of St. Joseph House come from different schools. LaSalle, Temple, Chestnut Hill College, Holy Family, Jefferson, and the Community College of Philadelphia. As Nakia gives me a tour, she tells me more about DePaul USA's program at the St. Joseph's House. Responsibility and accountability are big points of emphasis. Residents have to do chores and pay monthly rent. It's only 150 bucks, but the point isn't for DePaul USA to make money off these students. It's to teach the students how to manage their funds to cover basic needs, like housing. DePaul USA also brings in counselors to the St. Joseph's House to meet with students to talk about career planning and mental health. After we walk through the communal dining area and the recently renovated bright open kitchen, Nikia brings me to the community room. It's great. There are a bunch of couches, lounge chairs, board games, books, big screen TV, gaming consoles. And that's where she introduces me to a group of students ready to share some of their experiences. There's a 21-year-old who goes by the name of Flash. He's in his first year at Community College of Philadelphia. I was homeless for two years. Uh, before I could even start school, that's when I went homeless. I got kicked out of my house with my older brother who's not here. I was in the shelter, in and out of the shelter, for a couple months. And then a situation happened back in December where I almost lost my life. And then my mom and my family brought me back in. Then I got kicked out of my grandmom's house because of my mental issues. I was back on the streets. I was living in my brother's car for a while. Um, me and Humber House jumping. And he's, even to this day, still working on a place where I can you know, feel safe with him. And my school seen that I was struggling and they hurried up and rushed me here because at that time, my condition was just going downhill. Another student in the group, Michelle, also goes to Community College of Philadelphia. She's originally from Florida and is studying to become a nurse. My stepmom was very, oh, I don't want you here. She, without saying it, she tried to like get me out of the house. And so they were in the process of moving. So she kept finding houses where I would have to basically sleep on the floor or not be able to have any like real comfort or feeling like at home. Titiana, the student who had to sleep in the Nissan Altima, is part of the conversation, too. This is something that I never told my mom, so if she hears this, I'm sorry, Mom, I love you. I just had to do it for me. 
it's the embarrassment. Like I feel as though it's kind of embarrassing to live outside your car. So I would like try to be ducked off like in like the school parking lots or I would go behind like the Walmart or something like that and I sleep. But then I also got scared for my safety because I was in an isolated area in the dark and anybody, I felt like anybody can come in and just be like, gotcha. The last student to speak is a 30-year-old from Ghana, Didonia. She's one of the students who's lived at the St. Joseph's house the longest. When things were beginning to settle down for me, I got myself into a financial situation, which I ended up with probably, I didn't even have a dollar in my pocket because everything is, you know, debits online. So I lost everything and I had a friend at Jefferson. She's a nurse and she connected me to this place. And so I moved in here, and they were very welcoming. Back in her office, Nikia Glover, who's only 25 and a few years removed from college herself, tells me how residents come in contact with the Paul USA and the St. Joseph's House. A wide berth. We get students who are wards of the state. Um, you know, we get people who come from, you know, abusive, whether that be verbally or physically or even sometimes sexually abusive uh, households. We have a, a good amount of international students. And then we get people who are just straight street homeless, who've been essentially just abandoned by their families. Um, we get people who are housing insecure. So again, the environment that they're living in isn't conducive. It isn't safe. Just how much of an issue is housing insecurity and homelessness among college students? It's a complicated question. It's a very good question. And I'm not going to go and dissect that because it'll take you many episodes to dive so deep. Paula Umania is the Director of Institutional Engagement at the Hope Center for College, Community, and Justice at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University. The Hope Center has been publishing the most comprehensive annual basic needs and security survey about college students in the country since 2015. Paul and I met at Temple Center City Campus to talk about how basic needs and securities are affecting college students. I can tell you that if we look just at affordability and social justice, we have a problem. Who has access to education? Who has access to aid? How much aid do people get to go to college? In 2021, Paula and her team at the Hope Center surveyed over 200,000 students from a combined 202 two- and four-year colleges and universities, as well as technical schools, across 42 states. Here were some of the big-picture takeaways. 52% of two-year college students said they faced some kind of housing insecurity, whether that was because they couldn't pay their rent, their mortgage, utilities, had to move in with other people, or just felt unsafe at home. For four-year college students, the number was lower, but still alarming, at 43%. As for homelessness, it affected a total of 14% of two- and four-year college students nationally, and Paula says that in Philadelphia, the numbers were comparable. We see that these people who are courageous, and I'm not talking about the 18 to 22 who live with mom and whose parents and grandparents have had the chance to go to college. I'm not talking about them because they deserve all the credit, but I'm talking about those who come from a different background. So these students sacrifice food to pay tuition, paying bills to pay tuition and textbooks, rent 
mortgage, childcare, right? And at some point, some of them drop out because the barriers are so pervasive. Inside the community room at the Sisters of St. Joseph House, one of the topics the students and I get into talking about is just how hard it is to learn when you don't have a stable roof over your head. Titiana is the first to speak up. It's challenging because you would want to, like, feel comfortable and have, like, the space to yourself. It could be a little bit rocky, but once you get back into, like, okay, this is what I need to do. I have work. I have school. I also have, I want to do like campus life. I want to make time for my household friends. I want to make time for my friends outside the house. I want to make time for things like this. Once you get like on that page and everything is like, okay, it's going good. It's going good. It's going good. Then it becomes easy. But man, that first little bit of stages, it's, it's hard. Flash chimes in. He's from the community college of Philadelphia. All I'm going to say is not having a housing or anything is very hard to do school and trying to find yourself a place to go. I was in class. I couldn't even focus. I was barely getting any sleep when I was living with my brother in his car. Then I started, you know, getting real, real sick, physically sick, Um, not just mentally, but physically sick. And it was hard. It was very hard. It was like um, it was like I was getting punched in the gut countless times because I was struggling. It's hard not having a place to go, not having a place to sleep, being worried about when you're going to wake up or where you're going to wake up, especially having to go to school on top of that. That's not good. And I don't suggest anybody would go through that. Didonia, the student from Ghana, had a housing emergency a few years ago. She wound up in a situation where she lost all the money she had. It put me in that spot where you could be sleeping on the street like in any minute in time. That puts you in a place of instability. In that phase, you, you are going through a different set of mental health situations. You are going through a lot of emotions that you cannot even explain. Because if you do not have anywhere to sleep, how do you go to school? How do you achieve the things that you set for yourself? I can't even find the words, the, the words for it. Like, I've never experienced any type of fear like that before. It was utter fear. Because this is something that I had never experienced before. It, it, takes, it takes courage. It takes grace. It takes whatever that you pray to. You need to get down on your knees and pray to because in that phase, it's so devastating, I cannot even find the, the, the words to explain. So it takes courage to get where we are today. So I'm grateful. How is it possible that these students, given where they've come from and all they've had to go through, are at such a high risk of falling through the cracks? And why is it that financial aid doesn't always cover housing for the students who need it most? We'll look into that next.
A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You gotta understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavin story. A documentary podcast from C13 Originals, a Cadence 13 studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer. On a recent visit to the former Sisters of St. Joseph Convent in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, I meet with some of the college students who live there. The convent is now a dorm for college students in the area who are either housing insecure or homeless. If you didn't have a stable housing situation right now, you would be... Hmm. I know if I didn't have a house, then I would be in chaos. If I did not have a house, I would be like back and forth, like once again, friend's house, car, friend's house, car, work, friend's house, car, so. Safe to say that you might not be in a position to complete your degree? Yeah. But while vulnerable students like the ones who live at the St. Joseph's house are struggling, the schools themselves seem to be doing okay. After all, College is a big business. The pandemic has had an effect on enrollment, but on last check in 2019-20, the National Center for Education Statistics says the industry made $695 billion. $695 billion. That's bigger than the GDP of about 90% of the countries in the whole world. How can there not be a solution out there that makes sure college students, especially those from systemically disadvantaged backgrounds, have a fundamental basic need like housing covered so that then they can be in the best possible position to take advantage of an opportunity that could have a huge impact on their trajectory in life. That's a question I ask Paula Umania, who oversees the Hope Center at Temple University, which does the annual survey about the basic needs and securities of college students. Oh my goodness, if all colleges or universities had those gifts, right? These big endowments, how to use it for meeting students' basic needs, I think is by raising awareness that it exists, that it's a problem, right? And they cannot do it without the data, and they cannot get the data if they're in denial. Some colleges are insecure about bringing this topic up. Universities, by all means. Many colleges, yes. They do not want to acknowledge that they, their student body has a problem meeting their basic needs because they're in denial, because they're looking at the athletics. They're looking at what is the new building that we're going to have put together. They're not looking at Who's unable to eat? Why don't we have a food pantry? What's going on with the students who are walking around with tons of bags? Hint, hint, I do not have a place to live and I need to carry with everything. The system seems so backwards that these schools will be like, okay, here's your tuition, but as far as everything else goes, board, meals, books, you're on your own. Michelle and Titiana, two of the St. Joseph's House students, Way in. 
What do you think of the system? Do you feel like the system let you down in any way? Did you feel like you were sold a bag of goods that you were thrown into a situation that perhaps financially you didn't know exactly what it would cost? I got accepted to my dream school and I couldn't go just on the simple fact of uh, financial aid. I didn't know where to start and how to do everything. I would say like financially, um, going to school, it was hard. My tuition, it wasn't completely paid for until I started to get the scholarship. And then you have like my car, my phone bill that I have to pay. So, and then I have books also on top of that. So it was kind of, it's like, it's tricky when it comes to like the financial aid because you would expect them like by me, by me being accepted into the school, I'm pretty sure you want to take off at least some of that tuition because you would want me to be here. Man, do that at all. I'm a little bit jelly because why you, why you accept me and you're not giving me the money? I need the money. Or give me a food plan. That's the least you could I like to eat. I got no food plan. This is a big problem. The roadblocks seem to be everywhere. Emergency financial aid, for instance, for something like housing, can take days, if not weeks, to be approved. By that point, there's a good chance the student who applied for it might have already dropped out. Getting in touch with the right student support services on campus isn't always easy or comfortable either. Then, if you try to go through the government for housing, that can take a while, too. The way Paula Umania from the Hope Center at Temple sees it, colleges, universities, and the government need to do a better job of meeting students where they are. Talking about basic needs to your student body, making sure that you have a website where they can connect with different supports, making sure you have alliances and partnerships with different organizations in the city, in the locality, and whatnot, so your students can access a shelter, affordable housing, transitional housing. So calling on Philanthropy to fund basic needs supports to students is something that students need and colleges can easily do. As Paul is telling me this, I'm just shaking my head. Why do we have to talk about these types of goals like they're so aspirational and so far out of reach? Maybe that'll change someday. Advocate. Colleges can advocate to increase the amount that students get on financial aid. And I'm not talking about all students. I'm talking about first gen. I'm talking about low income. I'm talking about parenting students. I'm talking about black and Latino students in the margins. And belongingness means a lot in student success. If you eat, you're able to learn. If you don't need to worry where you're going to spend your next night, you're going to be able to complete your degree much sooner. Even though it takes a village, I think it's possible. And my dream is that in less than 10 years, we don't need to talk about basic needs. That's my dream. So we are exemplary to the whole world. And people look at us with admiration for how we treat our students as humans first and how we make sure that our education is equitable and uplifting. Back at the Sisters of St. Joseph House, Titiana is standing next to that all-white 2013 Nissan Altima. And she's thinking about everything she's gone through recently, about having to leave LaSalle, 
all the death in her family, including her brother, who passed away in July. The bullet fragments that are still stuck in her body about needing to live out of her car for a period of time. Somehow, this trauma hasn't slowed Titiana down. And what's more, she's made it to a place she can now call her own. It's a lot going on in my life, but I don't let my life kind of deflect what's going on or what I want mentally in my head. I know I want to meet someone. That led me to come back to school after I got shot. I was just thinking about a better life for me. I didn't want to just die randomly on the street. It's a lot of things going on in this world. A lot of people dying from stray bullets. Bullets don't have nobody named on it. And I feel like I just wanted to be out there and just make my name known. (laughs) What have you learned about yourself through everything? (laughs) I've learned not only from myself, but from everyone that I'm very supportive. I'm very joyful. I'm very caring. And I know what I want out of my life. And I can see that for myself. And I love that for myself. If you know a college student who might be housing insecure or who's experiencing homelessness and think they could use some help, check out DePaulUSA's website at DePaulUSA.org. We'll include the link in our show notes. The John Cast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts and is made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Sabrina Boyd-Serka, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa, and me, Ryan Seltzer. Special thanks to Shahid Guyton, Paula Umania at the Hope Center, Lydia Simon at DePaul USA, the students at the St. Joseph House for sharing such deep personal stories, and Nakia Glover, who did not say no to a single one of my requests. Also want to give a shout out to my Uber driver, Thomas, who tipped me off about this story. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to pods, whether it's for free on the Odyssey app or anywhere else. We'll talk to you next week.